I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome to Rapid Fire, your weekly 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. Make sure you tune in each and every week to rapidfireradio.us to join the conversation. And now you can call or text the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. Like and subscribe on all of the social media platforms that you subscribe to. Um, Our handle is at Cape Gunworks and at Rapid Fire Radio, wherever you consume your social media. And if you don't have that uh, assurance of being legally and financially defended, make sure you go over to USCCA and uh, put in, what is the discount code? Uh, It's USCCA.co forward slash rapid fire. That's the special code that you can put in there and uh, support the USCCA, but also, more importantly, uh, have legal protection uh, if you ever find yourself in the unlikely event that you need to defend yourself in a Second Amendment, uh, I'm sorry, uh, in any type of defensive use, whether it be with a firearm or any other weapon. So um, I highly recommend you get it. Uh, so anyway, I'll put the that link in the in the chat too. So if anyone has not subscribed, they can or become a member. It's more important than ever. You see an acceleration of crazy stuff going on in our society. And again, you don't need to be armed with a firearm to be protected. You could be uh, sitting in your car. You could be in the grocery store and a gun might not have anything to do with it, but you'll still be protected. But anyway, we're glad you're here. We got lots to talk about today. All kinds of stuff going on. Um, in the way of 2A news, there's been some recent court rulings that uh, I really wanted to talk about first and tee it up. Um, Mark Smith from Four Boxes Diner did a pretty good video of this uh, U.S. Court of Appeals in the 3rd District. Um, Thomas Hardiman, who was a runner-up for a Supreme Court nomination under the Trump administration, I guess with uh, Neil Gorsuch, and he was one of the finalists. But anyway, he uh, wrote, I think, the majority opinion. But this was a case called uh, Range v. Garland, and it went to the full en banc panel. So all available uh, Third Circuit Court of Appeals justices were involved in this decision, and the majority uh, was um, included two Democrat appointees. One was, I, I believe, uh, an Obama appointee, and the other one might have even been a Biden appointee. But anyway, it was um, a victory in a large way that hopefully 
we'll see it go on to um, the Supreme Court so that people in other districts uh, or other circuit court jurisdiction can have the benefit of this protection. But basically, um, it ruled that nonviolent felonies do not prohibit you from becoming a, a gun owner. Uh, or you don't surrender your right to keep and bear arms for nonviolent felonies. So that's really huge. And especially in a place like Massachusetts, where we have um, a first offense OUI makes you a prohibited person for life throughout the country because we're one of the only states that a um, first circuit, uh, excuse me, a first offense OUI carries a uh, prison sentence that's punishable by two and a half years in jail. We we call it in in this state a mista felony. Um, so it's a uh, in any other state it's a misdemeanor, but in this state, even though it's a misdemeanor, it carries the weight of a felony conviction. So um, that's a that's a massive uh, penalty. And the irony is you're probably not going to do one day of jail time other than the night you were arrested. Um, you're probably going to get uh, some sort of fine or community service and loss of license. But then after you serve a, your time or do the crime or pay your debt to society, if you will, your driving rights are all restored to you. Um, but they like to say, ah, 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 you can't be a uh, gun owner now for the rest of your life. And so people say, well, I guess I'll just move to New Hampshire. No, that's not the way this works. You're now a prohibited person for the rest of your life in all 50 states because you were convicted of a first offense uh, OUI in Massachusetts. So this is a really, really uh, important case, uh, this Range v. Um, Garland, that went to the en banc panel of the uh, Third Circuit Court of Appeals. And this is a really, really big win. Um, so hopefully you guys can get a chance to take a look at that. Um, but it, it's really, really um, important because so many people have had their right to keep and bear arms taken away uh, by by this type of nonviolent felony, uh, whether it was kiting a check or whether it was, you know, failure to pay child support or whether it was, um, you know, a first offense OUI in a state like Massachusetts, the bottom line is um, should your right to keep and bear arms be banned for life because of a dumb mistake? Uh, I don't think that the founders saw it that way. And apparently the whole on banc, on banc um, panel of the third circuit agrees and doesn't see it that way. So, We'll watch this. Um, I think it's going to be a really important case to be appealed to the Supreme Court. I don't know if it will be. Um, I'm sure the rest of the districts, all the different uh, districts out there, if you will, you know, one through nine, except for the third, would probably say, hey, whatever you do, don't appeal this because we want to be able to continue to violate people's right to keep and bear arms in states like Massachusetts. So, um yeah, it's it's quite interesting. Uh, let's put it that way. And um, I watched that video a little earlier today, and we'll we'll see where it goes. But 
hopefully um, it'll at least set a precedent so now people could uh, have like an amicus brief that would support a suit in another district if it does not go to the Supreme Court. And if it does go to the Supreme Court, will they grant it certiorari? We don't know. So it'll, it's all interesting. And, and uh, But the bottom line is it's congruent with what everything else is going on out there, and that is our court systems are the ones that are finally restoring our rights. And, uh, you know, uh, which leads me into another whole story that I, I really wanted to talk about. But um, the uh, and that is a article by um, let's see here it was on Bearing Arms, uh, yeah, by Tom Knight and um, and I alluded to it. We'll talk about this on the other side, but basically it says democracy is irrelevant on civil liberties. So we will get into this on the other side. Uh, I, I, we might talk about it again in the second hour with Mike Harris from Gun Owners Action League. But one thing that's wicked cool, and I'm showing my mass heritage uh, by saying that, is Cape Gunworks is hosting another AR build class. We have these fixed mag ARs so that you can build your own under our tutelage and guidance, and it's on Father's Day. So what better way to tell your dad you love him than to sign him up for the Cape Gunworks AR build class? Go to capegunworks.com and click on the class calendar and sign up today. We'll be right back. I'm Toby Leary. The firearm for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. Give us a call on the Rapid Fire line if you want to talk to me on the show or you have a question or you want to just make your voice heard in support of the Second Amendment. 508-444-2120 is the number. That's 508-444-2120. This week's poll question is uh, up on rapidfireradio.us over there or go to Twitter and type in Rapid Fire Radio, all one word, and you'll find it. Um, Last week's poll question was, with the pistol brace rule going into effect June 1st, will you, A, register your guns, B, remove your brace, join FPC, or shall not comply? And 0% of you said you would register your gun. 
7.7% said you would remove the brace. 23% said join FPC. And 69% said shall not comply. So that's uh, about 10 to 40 million Americans that the government's going to have to round up. And there's a whole bunch of them now that are protected by FPC, Gun Owners of America, and I believe Second Amendment Foundation. So if you're a member of any one of, one of those agent organizations, uh, you're protected under the preliminary injunctions that took place. Um, and there's also going to be finally a House resolution brought to the floor, uh, Andrew Clyde's bill, House Resolution, I think it's 44, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, this is a really, really big deal, um, and it's not necessarily going to move the needle at all as far as making it legal to own a braced pistol. What it's going to do is it's going to put all of our politicians on notice and on record of who voted for what. And then they have to defend that position in their re-election bids. I think this is huge, um, but it's sad that politics got in the way of this, the whole debt ceiling debate. Um, Representative Andrew Clyde's bill, uh, where he is bringing a, this resolution to the floor, and he wants to basically say that Congress doesn't have, I mean, uh, the ATF doesn't have the right to act like Congress and pass law. So... Therefore, um, you know you have to you you have to wait for us to pass the law before you can enforce it. Uh, anyway, we'll talk about more on that in a minute. But uh, the new poll question this week is: Do you have a red dot sight on your EDC? Yes, no, or maybe. Uh, are you going to put a red dot on your EDC? Yes, no, or not sure yet. So you'll find that new poll at rapidfireradio.us or go over to Rapid Fire Radio Twitter page, all one word, Rapid Fire Radio, and you'll find it. And we want you to vote, and I'd love to know. I'm a yes, by the way. I do have a red dot site on my EDC, even though I was very reluctant to do it until probably the last year, I think. Uh, and this week's discount code, for those of you following it along at home, is Nighthawk. So Nighthawk Custom is a great brand that we carry here, but Nighthawk is the code. So we had a winner on our Rapid Fire Radio Whiskey Cubes. Um, So you get a set of six Rapid Fire Radio Whiskey Cubes in a, uh, like a 458 SOCOM uh, bullet design, but these are nice. They won't water down your favorite beverage of choice. They'll just make it cold. So uh, we have a winner on that, and it is Heidi P. Heidi, you'll be getting a call from us. So look for an email or a call from us, and uh, just in time for Father's Day if you want to re-gift those or use them yourself, either way. This week's giveaway, and we talked about this last week, but uh, our thing was broken, so we didn't get to pull a winner. Uh, We're going to give away a couple of bags of this Challenger Green Fertilizer, it's been selling in the store. Um, this is a great local company uh, that uses um, a lot of great uh, special needs labor to bring some great product to market. And it is great product, by the way. We have the tomato fertilizer, we have the hydrangea fertilizer, and we have another one all for sale here. But we're going to give away a couple of bags. It's a $20 value 
Um, so you'll get that. Um, so go over to rapidfireradio.us, scroll down, sign up to win. Especially all you home gardeners, you're going to want this stuff. And uh, it's awesome. And it goes a long way too, by the way. So uh, really excited about that. All right, so getting back to what I was talking about, Representative uh, Andrew Clyde of Georgia has a uh, bill that has hit the hit the is going to hit the floor next Tuesday. Um, this is a huge victory for the gun community because um, politics got involved and was told that his bill wouldn't he'd have a hard time getting it to the floor of the Senate. Jared Giannis was uh, very, very vocal on this and did a lot of work and put out a lot of videos about urging people to call a congressman. And um, so Andrew Clyde went on Steve Bannon's show last week to talk about the politics in this whole debt ceiling uh, issue and debate. And there's still political fallout as a result of that, like the whole Freedom Caucus is you know, not participating in the in the, um, you know, the bills on the floor now. And so, but one of the things that happened was uh, Andrew Clyde was told that unless he supports the speaker's debt ceiling hike, he will have a hard time bringing his bill to the floor. So everybody mobilized, started calling their Senate, other congressmen and saying, you know, what the heck is going on? And uh, the bottom line is they... Uh, said, oh, no, 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 that isn't what he was told. They just said it would be more difficult to get it to pass if he didn't vote for it. And the bottom line is that isn't what he was told. He was basically threatened um, that his bill would not pass. Now, uh, Representative Clyde is a big 2A supporter. In fact, one of his tweets I've read once said, I'm just here to support the Second Amendment or for the Second Amendment. He's a gun store owner, uh, so he gets it. He's a you know two uh, A supporter through and through, and uh, but it looks like his bill will come, and and this is all a result of the pressure that everybody was putting the call to action. Everyone was putting on Congress, and this started really when those fifty YouTubers kind of signed a letter saying, "Hey." Bring this to vote. This affects 40 million people in your in your country and in your districts. And you're playing politics? Give me a break. And we know that it wasn't going to pass the Senate. It wasn't going to get signed into law by President Biden. We knew that. That isn't the point. The point is make every single one of their voices be counted. And, uh, you know, if you want to put politics like stuff about the debt ceiling ahead of your your constituents waking up as felons and the ATF now being able to go out and enforce something that you didn't pass as a law. Like that's craziness. That's exactly what happened in Massachusetts with the legislature and the governor's lack of movement against our attorney general. When she woke up one morning and said, Hey, we're going to enforce the assault weapons ban in a whole new way. We're going to throw 20 years of history and tradition down the toilet and we're going to now say that anyone who has an AR-15, you bought it illegally. We're going to allow you to keep it. You may, We may or may not change our mind on this, but because you bought it and you thought you bought it legally at the time, uh, we won't prosecute you. But we reserve the right to change our mind on that, too. However, um, you know, I can do this because I've been tasked with 
passing, uh, excuse me, enforcing the legislation that was passed in 98. Well, the funny thing about that is no other attorney general in the state of Massachusetts or throughout the country under the 94 assault weapons ban ever interpreted that bill the way that she did. And that's what happens when tyrants get away with murder. They can, uh, you know, as enforcement agents or unelected uh, bureaucrats, as, as far as the ATF is concerned, they make rules and change them. And then it has felonious implications upon the public that is largely probably not even knowing that this is happening. And so they can wake up, go to bed one day, totally legal and within their rights, and then wake up the next day and be a felon. So it's crazy, um, totally insane, but um, that's the way it is. So I'm really happy to see that these people's voices will be uh, heard on the floor of the Congress. And um, the good news, too, is courts have decided to take action. And I mentioned it in the first segment that we have three different um, three different pro-2A groups Firearms Policy Coalition, Gun Owners of America, and I believe the Second Amendment Foundation, all have been granted preliminary injunctions, and any member of those organizations are protected from enforcement by the ATF on this uh, unconstitutional rule change that has felony implications on you. So after 10 years of being told, you're good to go. Uh, Any listener of this show knows all that, but... Even still, it's more important to support these agencies or these organizations that are putting their necks out there and they're spending money to get these preliminary injunctions. This is really important. So make sure you become a member. Whether you have a brace pistol or not, they're doing great work to ensure our rights are there for decades and uh, to come. If you travel and you want to get a license to carry in multiple states, check out our Utah 36 state concealed carry class. You get everything you need to apply for the Utah license at the end of the class. Go to capegunworks.com and click on the class link to book the class today. I'm Toby Leary, and this is Rapid Fire. We'll be right back. to leave shots like these to chance. Now you never have to compromise performance again. Federal Premium Heavy Bismuth hits ducks and upland birds with 9.6 gram per cubic centimeter pellets sourced from Heavy Shot. 22% denser than steel. More energy downrange. Launched by the Flight Control Flex Wad, Heavy Bismuth patterns consistently and is safe in all shotguns. Loaded in the USA by Federal Ammunition. Welcome to Personal Defense Network. For years, we've been the Internet's leading destination for high-quality information on equipment, training, and your preparation for personal or home defense. Our videos are meant for those who are serious about enhancing their ability to use efficient techniques to survive a dynamic critical incident. But now we've stepped things up even higher. We've added hours of high-quality training videos just for our premium members. This content takes the body of work that is the Personal Defense Network up to an even higher level. Our goal at the Personal Defense Network is simple. Provide you with the highest quality video learning tips that are available. You'll find them inside of the premium membership. All you have to do is choose how to get started, and I'll see you on the inside. 
Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And don't forget, for the best legal protection, join the USCCA. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire for a special deal. That's uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to get special training, legal advice, and the legal protection you and your family need. All right, we're going to jump on the chat before I jump into the meat and potatoes of what I wanted to talk about today, but I just want to um, hit some of the, uh, the people who are, it's an active chat today, let's put it that way. Um, so I, I appreciate everyone who jumps on each and every week here. Um, and G23 says, hit the thumbs up, y'all, and help promote the channel. Amen to that. Uh, like, subscribe, comment, share, and uh, spread the word to friends, neighbors, enemies, family, and associates. All right. Uh, a couple people are chiming in about the poll question, which is, do you have a red dot on your EDC? Yes, no, or maybe someday. Go over to rapidfireradio.us to vote in our poll or Twitter, rapidfireradio, all one word. And uh, let's see what the poll questions, uh, let's see what it's up to right now. Look at that. 100% of you are at yes right now. So uh, interesting. Um and uh, you can sound off in the comments what brand as well. Um, I carry the new Vortex uh, CCW Defender. I'm a big fan of that, and I love it. I think they knocked it out of the park. All right, so um, 500 says, no, he doesn't trust technology. Well, the good news is you don't have to trust technology if you do a Red Dot site because the most likely situation that you would need to shoot your gun is statistically from 9 to 15 feet. So most people aren't going to use sights of any kind, whether it be red dot or iron sights. So you're more than likely kinesthetically punching out, both eyes open, focus on the threat. That's kind of what your body does naturally under stress. And that's why it's important to practice like that in a way that's congruent with what your body wants to do under stress. Um, So the bottom line is... um, you're probably not using your sights unless you absolutely need to because of distance or the size of target. In which case, that's where a red dot really comes in handy, but I'd love to hear from you. So um, let's see here. Uh, Wood says the feds couldn't round up a million pencils, let alone braces. Probably true. Um, and what is that behind you, Toby? Uh, that is an FN Scar Heavy which more on that a little bit later. Um, and uh, it'll also be go- good for court cases going forward to have Congress on record as opposing what ATF has done. That's a great point, uh, unapologetically armed. I think that's an excellent point, actually. They could go on record as saying, hey, we never voted for this, we never wanted this, and uh, here here we are to oppose it, that we've been on record. Um, but this this all brings up, um, this uh, article by Tom Knighton that I've alluded to and I wanted to uh, get into it. It's a short article, uh, but it's from Bearing Arms today. And it says, I'm not interested in getting into the whole democracy versus republic debate right here and now. I understand where both sides are coming from and this really isn't the place to have the conversation. What is relevant, however, is whether democracy itself somehow overrides the protection of one's civil rights. The reason it's relevant is that some people apparently think it does. 
Uh, one example, this is from the Jacob, Jacobin, a radical gun rights agenda enabling all of this is not the product of popular will. It is ascendant because its proponents are successfully subverting democracy. We hear that word so much, don't we? Democracy. Majorities of, majorities of voters favor stronger gun control measures. Upwards 70% of both parties want universal background checks, for instance. But Congress ignores their views. Actually, I highly doubt 70% of Republicans want universal background checks. I believe that the, the people don't even know what universal background checks mean. But anyway, back to the article. For instance, uh, Congress ignores their views. It is in that thrall to the powerful gun lobby, which commands a small but impassioned army of supporters who go to great lengths to advance their cause, even marching in public with assault rifles to intimidate opponents. Many politicians are reliant on the National Rifle Association's financial generosity. The NRA was the biggest donor to Donald Trump's presidential campaign in 2016, and it reaped the rewards, including three Supreme Court justices who had faithfully advanced the gun lobby's cause. In its landmark decision, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin, the Supreme Court majority declared concealed carry restrictions enacted by New York State unconstitutional. In short, when it comes to guns, the Supreme Court doesn't care what voters want. This diverges notably from its position on abortion and environmental regulations, which the justices say should be up to the will of the voters in each state. Cool. Well, Jacobine, this is um, a lot to unpack right there. But by the way, you point out something that I don't really give Donald Trump credit for. I have taken him to task about his whole rule change as far as the bump stocks are concerned and how important that was because the pistol brace and frame and uh, receiver rule changes that are happening under Obama and, excuse me, the O'Biden administration's watch were probably teed up by the Trump administration's rule change to the bump stock ban. So the bottom line is um, I think that as as much as I've taken him to task on that, the biggest gift he gave the 2A community was the three Supreme Court justices that this guy points out, um, which did give us this landmark decision, uh, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin. Um, so that alone was worth the price of admission, and we'll fight the battle with the bump stock uh, stuff later. Unfortunately, we got to still fight it, but... Um, it's there's good movement in that direction as well. So let's not get off track. Rest of this article goes on to say, except that there's no explicitly stated constitutionally protected right to an abortion, nor does the Constitution mention the environmental regulations even once. Yet the Second Amendment does explicitly talk about the right to keep and bear arms, the people's right to keep and bear arms. See, while you can make the case one way or another about whether abortion is a right or not, there's no ambiguity with regard to gun rights. They're explicit, codified for all time in the Constitution itself. As such, democracy becomes irrelevant, much like how we don't decide who gets to vote based on what the majority opts to allow to vote. Um, we don't decide who has the right to speak freely based on whether the majority approves of that speech. 
The Jacobin, a socialist magazine, should understand that quite well. Socialism isn't exactly the most popular ideology out there, yet the freedom of the press means the Jacobin can't be shut down just because they're espousing unpopular ideas, even if the majority approves of such things. Gun rights are rights. They're not the subject of debate, regardless of what is going on around us. We don't decide our rights based on the popularity of that right. If we did, they become privileges and that be, that become yanked away at the whim of a fickle public. The Supreme Court decided correctly in Bruin, and while the socialists out there lament that fact, they should remember the, that they benefit from the same ph- philosophy that protects the right to keep and bear arms, namely the people have rights, even if you'd prefer they don't. And this, I think, is a very poignant article because it doesn't get talked about often enough. And actually, I believe that um, there's a something that doesn't get talked about almost at all is the fact that the Second Amendment says shall not be infringed. So therefore, all of this gun control all of the background checks, all of the magazine capacity restrictions, all of the assault weapons bans, all of the, oh, you're a nonviolent felon, you are now a prohibited person. Oh, you, um, you know, screwed up when you were 19 years old and now you're a prohibited person. All of that is unconstitutional because of those words shall not be infringed. So can you charge somebody for violating the law? Absolutely. And you should. If they violate the law, you know, let the legal process take its do its work. And if they used a gun in the commission of a crime, the gun is the tool they chose, but the commission of the crime is the part that troubles me, the fact that they're willing to go commit a crime. So I don't care if they're using a bat, a car, a gun, a tank, a homemade bomb, or or a flaming cat. The bottom line is they're committing a crime. So prosecute them on that and don't let them out of jail early. Make them do their time. So this shall not be infringed is the part that gets left out in most legal opinions, including New York Serpa v. Bruin, including Heller, including McDonald. That part unfortunately doesn't get debated a lot and that part doesn't get honed in on like that should be the end of all legal opinions should be oh and by the way shall not be infringed so therefore everything the congress passed i don't care if the people wanted it or the i don't care if it was part of the um you know if every you know 80% of the people voted by ballot initiative like they did in uh in Washington state uh if you pass a ballot initiative to ban your guns it should be sorry you can't do that because it's not up for a vote it's a it's a god-given right and it's recognized and enumerated in our constitution the very fabric of our society and by the way shall not be infringed I know a lot of people hit the desk on that and pound the desk on that, but guess what? Legislators, public officials, bureaucracies, and uh, courts a lot of times don't. And that's really where our focus needs to return to. 
We have an exciting new pistol training series, Pistol 1. It's our basic class. Pistol 2 continues to build on those skills. Pistol 3 draws from the holster, and Pistol 4 puts it all together. So go to capegunworks.com and check the class calendar for these new classes. Today, you don't want to miss out at capegunworks.com. And we will be right back. I'm Toby Leary. for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And I see the chat is on fire today, so tell us what you think, 508-444-2120, if you want to be on the show. Use code G-O-W for the gun of the week. Go to rapidfireradio.us and click on the gun of the week button in the banner to get the gun of the week. And I'm sorry to say we don't have the gun of the week video queued up. So I'm going to talk about it without touching it so that YouTubes and everybody else doesn't have a collective fit and take this video down, which is all the more important for you guys to go like, subscribe, share, click, and spread the word far and wide uh, so that we get the reach we need because we're Zuckerberg. All right, so the gun of the week this week is none other than the FN SCAR 17S. It is also also known as the Scar Heavy in 308. We have them in black or tan. And I, I know these were very popular early on with the SOCOM, some of the MARSOC, you know, the Special Op- Operations Command units in the U.S. military. Uh, I don't know that they're still using them, but you can use one if you want. It is a very, very well-made gun. FN tests their guns like crazy. And the new non-reciprocating charging handle version of the SCAR-17 is especially great because it doesn't chew up the reticles of uh, optics. I know the original version of the SCAR-Heavy used to really put the whooping on optics. And uh, the good news is uh, if you had an optic like Vortex Optic, they were going to replace it and warranty it forever anyway. No questions asked. But a lot of people who put optics on were finding that the reticles would get chewed up and and destroyed by uh the heavy use of the of the gun and the reciprocating charging handle well fn fixed all that they made a non-reciprocating charging handle which is awesome that thing doesn't zing back and forth and want to take your thumb off in the process uh but it's a great well-designed gun fully ambidextrous um and it's in black or that 
special FDE pattern with the three different color tans, which I was told had some special um, anti-reflective properties so these UFOs won't be able to see you from space while you're out there operating with your FN SCAR heavy. Uh, but <laughs> um, no, it's a really cool gun and you'll get a very ah! special... You get a very special discount on it this week and this week only if you go to uh, Rapid Fire Radio, scroll down a gun of the week, and use GOW at checkout for a very special savings. Now, these guns in the past couple of years have been very hard to get, and so now's the time to grab them because we got them and you get a special discount on them. So I think they're super cool guns. Uh, I love them. If you're going to get a good semi-automatic 308 that's easy to put accessories on and accessorize, make it the SCAR Heavy. And if you live in Massachusetts, it's a great alternative to the AR-15 if you live in a banned state. So it's it's pretty cool. Uh, so anyway, go to rapidfireradio.us and click on the Gun of the Week banner to get the Gun of the Week. Use code G-O-W. We will be right back. I'm Toby Leary, and this is Rapid Fire. Welcome to Personal Defense Network. For years, we've been the Internet's leading destination for high-quality information on equipment, training, and your preparation for personal or home defense. Our videos are meant for those who are serious about enhancing their ability to use efficient techniques to survive a dynamic critical incident. But now we've stepped things up even higher. We've added hours of high-quality training videos just for our premium members. This content takes the body of work that is the Personal Defense Network up to an even higher level. Our goal with the Personal Defense Network is simple. Provide you with the highest quality video learning tips that are available. You'll find them inside of the premium membership. All you have to do is choose how to get started, and I'll see you on the inside. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, the weekly show about guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. I'm Toby Leary, your host, and thank you for joining us each and every week. We have a great time with you talking about guns and freedom talking about new guns and your everyday carry which by the way let's check in on that poll the uh this week's poll question is over at uh rapidfireradio.us and make sure you go there and vote you could also go to rapidfireradio.us and uh vote in our poll there it's the same poll but i want to hear what you guys have to say and uh so today's poll question is, do you have a red dot sight on your EDC? Yes, no, or maybe so. Uh, maybe someday you're thinking about it or not sure, on yes or no. And I am a yes, so, uh, but go ahead and uh, let us know. The poll is still 100% at yes. So if you iron sight guys out there want to let your voice be heard, make sure you go over to Vote in the poll. Um, and don't forget to vote in our giveaway at rapidfireradio.us while you're there voting in our poll and sign up to win the fertilizer. It's going to be an awesome gift, uh, locally made, 
Challenger Green Fertilizer. We got the tomato and we got the hydrangea. I'll send you a bag of each. Um, so make sure you go vote there. And we sell it here. So if you miss out on the giveaway and you want to buy some and try it out, do it. And this week's code for the very special discount off our entire website, the super secret squirrel stuff, is Nighthawk. Nighthawk. See what we did there? We're subliminally planting a seed in your psyche that you need a Nighthawk. That's the way to do it. And if you don't have a Nighthawk, you need a Nighthawk. That's the not-so-subtle way of planting that seed in your brain. So anyway, let's get back to business before I get really far off track. Um, If you want to be on the show, it's 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120 or text us to that same number. Um, G-Webs is wondering if you plant 22 shorts in this fertilizer, will it grow up to be 223? And, you know, that's a great question, and I think we should try that. Uh, That would be a good experiment. And he also mentions he's a life member of all three organizations, FPC, SAF, and GOA. And does that mean he gets three free NFA tax stamps now? Uh, If only it worked so well. Duncan Fife is another one with the Vortex CCW Defender on his pistol. And Birdrunner says, I shoot 50% better with a dot. I would say most people will, but you got to remember what the dot is. It is the secondary sighting device to good kinesthetic alignment, good pistol fundamentals, good uh, foundational fundamental skill. So both eyes open, focus on the threat is kind of the primary point of aim. And if you're shooting at a target that demands accuracy because of the size of the target or the distance, then you need to close an eye and use a sight. A red dot's certainly going to help you uh, with that. So that's really where it comes in best. Um, 500 says, oh, Vinny says he has a red dot on his gun. And uh, John is saying the gun of the week is a Franklin Armory FM4. That was last week, John. you got to stay up with the times, man. This week is, uh, oh, is it, did it not get changed on our website? He's switching it now. Good point. And that's why the live chat is so important. Uh, so it's going to be the FN Scar 17 in black or tan by the time the show is over. Um, so thanks for the heads up on that. And Denise also says, love red dots. So we used to get very frustrated as firearms instructors when people would show up to class on how to shoot my gun with a red dot. Because it it's the training wheels, right? You can learn how to ride a bike with training wheels, but you never really learn how to ride the bike. So you got to make sure at some point you take the training wheels off, shut the red dot sight off and drive out kinesthetically and see how you interact with your pistol without the sights at the most likely distance on a, on a human sized target and then see how you shoot. And if it's not good, let's figure out why you're not shooting good. Maybe your elbows are bent. Maybe you're um, you know, don't have a good grip. Maybe you don't have a good stance, et cetera, et cetera. So um, make sure you, you know, get the basic fundamentals down for sure before relying on the red dot. Same thing with a laser. Uh, laser, I would consider a tertiary aiming device. It's not your primary. It's not your secondary. It's more of a third type of aiming device, which helps greatly if you ever couldn't get your gun into a good fighting position or a good shooting position. Anyway, uh, G23, do we have any 1911s and 40S and W? 
No, but if you're really interested in one, I do know someone who has one for sale. I believe it's an STI um, competition gun, uh, and I could probably make that happen for you if you if you're looking for one. So, let me know on that. Um, it's probably a double stack too. Uh, so anyway, from the text line, Super Dave, I was recently convicted of my third OUI offense. Will I ever be able to obtain an LTC again? And if so, how will I go about it? Uh, not in this state, that's for sure. And I don't know what state you're in, Super Dave. So um, if you have three OUI offenses, number one, get some help. I don't know what the whole situation uh, situation you're in was. Um, hopefully it's a wake-up call and you're lucky you didn't kill yourself or somebody else. But a conviction sounds like you, you did, the, did the deed. And uh, you're probably never getting that LTC back again. If you can't get one after the first offense conviction, you definitely aren't getting one after the third offense conviction. Um, but it sounds like you got some other fish to fry, if you ask me. Um, and my heart goes out to you if, if it is a problem. You need to get some help. And I always say that that's the smoke, right? It's the outward sign that there's something going on inside there's a fire raging inside that you got to deal with because the smoke is the you know where there's smoke there's fire and i don't care what your proclivity is whether it's drinking or you know uh, any other self-destructive behavior gambling or you know prostitutes or whatever the heck it is and i'm going to get off my soapbox now (laughs) but the point is you know do some self-examination and try to figure out What's causing the fire inside? Just the facts, ma'am. That's right. I can verify Bird Runner shoots better um, with a, I don't know what that means, KP. It's also got a lightning fast draw with a dock or a Glock. I don't know. Or a dot. I think it's supposed to be dot. He also has a lightning fast draw. Yeah, well, um, there is a place for red dot in competition as well. So... Um, that's a that's a thing. Once you learn the draw and you come up in it in your line of sight and drive out, you can pick up that dot early. We're going to try and get one of these days Green Line Tactical out um, to do a red dot pistol class. I know uh, Ben DeWalt has done one for us, and that's been good on-site firearms training. So a lot of people loved that class. Um, T-Man says, does anyone still use Crimson Trace red dot? I'm sure there are people who do because... They've come on two different brands of guns that I know of, Smith & Wesson. Uh, a lot of their optic-ready guns, the M&P line, has come with the Crimson Trace red dots. And a bunch of the Springfield Armory guns have come with tr- Crimson Trace red dots. And they come with a lifetime warranty. Uh, you know, th- They feel a little cheap to me, but on the other hand, they seem to hold up and run pretty good. I've never had one come in broken, that's for sure. Uh, Euro is saying, is that SCAR 17, what I was calling the SCAR heavy? If it's mass compliant, it's not tagged that way on Cape Gunworks site. FYI, thank you, uh, Euro. That is a good uh, point for us to make improvement on. Uh, it's it's funny you say that because there's we get these calls all the time, and our website's a little clunky still, but we're trying hard. And uh, so... Um, Professor Claus showing me the the 
listing right now, and it does say Massachusetts compliant on our site. So I'm not sure if you saw one of the other listings of it, because uh, sometimes we'll get distributor feeds and other stuff that might not have the tag. Um, but anyway, it is it is in fact mass compliant as it's sold in our in our shop. So uh, we do all the neutering so that you don't have to, or <laughs> you can't get it otherwise. So. Um, think at this point, uh, black powder, non-firearm. Well, it's funny you say that, Mike, because you look at um, a place like Massachusetts where you can actually buy a black powder firearm or non-firearm, I should say. However, you cannot buy the powder, the ball, or the flint, or the uh, cap in order to make said black powder gun shoot and then if you were able to obtain all that and put it in and load it now you're in possession of a firearm under massachusetts logic so um, people have been charged with possession of a firearm once they're all loaded up in a black powder non-firearm so um, you know again i think this is what and you bring me bring up a good point in that uh, you you got people like um, uh, in New York with governor um, the governor in New York who said she tweeted out at one point saying back at when the Constitution was ratified they had muzzle loaders only I'm ready to go back to that I'm okay with that let's let's go with that and then proceeds to sign a law into uh, a bill into law prohibiting people from carrying said flintlock muzzle-loading rifles in parade. So she's willing to go back to when the Constitution was ratified as to the weapon of the time of what they could and couldn't have, and let's let's apply the Second Amendment only to that, even though like that's intellectually dishonest, and then proceeds to sign a law making it illegal to carry such a firearm in a public display or at a parade or a, you know, a, a special day, you know, memorializing uh, our country's foundation. So they don't, they want it every which way to Sunday, but anyway. Um, so let's see here. Could he possibly have his record expunged and rights restored if he lost them? Uh, that's true. You could, I guess. And I guess a pardon would, would certainly do it. Um, maybe you could get petition the governor and get a pardon. That that's the only way I could see it. <clears throat> I don't know what is getting an expungement entails. I honestly don't know. Um, but yeah, ASD says first OUI serve time drive again, but don't ever try to lo- join the local bullseye league. Yep, you're out of luck. Um, would having a muzzle brake pinned on the end of an AR instead of a typical flash hider reduce the numbering system to label a weapon by one point, permitting an addition of more furniture? Um, it depends, Euro. Uh, that that is what we do in this uh, at this gun shop. For but it's you only allowed two evil features. So pistol grip and detachable mag are usually the two evil features. Anyway, all right. That's the first hour in the bag. Thank you for tuning in. Remember, the show goes on for another hour. 
Uh, so tune in at rapidfireradio.us or call the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. Go to rapidfireradio.us and ask some questions and check out some of our online content. Freedom will always be on the right side of history. Stay tuned, and we have a great guest for you on the other side. We've got Mike Harris from Goal, so you don't want to miss out. Uh, we will be right back. I'm Toby Leary, and this is Rapid Fire. tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Once you're involved in something like this, the stress level... It can tear up a family. He said he was tried in the court of public opinion before he ever stepped foot in a courtroom, but surveillance video helped shed light on what actually happened. 50-year-old Ford employee Billy Coert was charged with attempted murder for shooting his gun in the United Auto Workers 551 parking lot in June 2016. To have everything you work for taken away. Coart was suspended and then terminated from his job with Ford where he'd worked for nearly two decades. To have somebody have your back and have a company that have your back and then they put me in touch with a great attorney. That was the best feeling. Go to uscca.com to learn more about protecting yourself and your family. Alexander Hamilton said those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. For quite a long time, duck hunters have been shooting steel, but in the past few years, you've really seen a resurgence of a material called bismuth. And what bismuth is, it's got a density a lot closer to lead than steel, where, where steel's density is right around 7.8 or so, and lead's right around 11 grams per cc. Bismuth comes in about 9.6. So just to kind of lay it out for you, if you've got two objects flying at the same speed, the one that is denser at the same speed is going to hit a lot harder. So a great example is like how we're hunting today. We're out, we're out here on the, we're literally hunting a bay on the ocean. Fantastic spot. 
but the wind's coming in pretty hard. Normally shooting the size ducks like the Eurasian Visions and Teals that we're shooting at today, I would probably choose to shoot like a, a number four steel, but because the wind's higher, I would maybe go to a number two because I'd get more energy and let the, let the steel carry further. Bismuth allows you to go one shot size smaller and still hit the bird just as hard as you would. Now what that allows you to do, we're shooting a number three shot today, so we're getting all the pellets of a number three load but we're getting all the energy of a number two steel shot. So it's gonna hit harder, it's really gonna extend your range, still meets all the lead-free requirements everywhere you are. Just a great product, and you'll definitely notice the power that you hit the birds with. Another thing with the Federal Premium Heavy Bismuth is we're shooting a flight control wad. So you can choke that with any choke you want, whether that's ported or not. Getting incredibly tight patterns. Again, more pellets on the bird, just hits them hard. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, a 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. Make sure you tune in each week at rapidfireradio.us to join the conversation. Now you can text or call the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. And you can like and subscribe wherever you get your social media. Our handle is at Rapid Fire Radio and at Cape Gunworks. And we're trying an experiment to see if the at Rapid Fire Radio we can actually promote because we don't sell anything on it. It's just our media side of the house and hoping that we'll be able to pay to promote those posts, etc., etc. So like and subscribe everywhere you can. We'd appreciate it. And we're really happy to have on the line with us right now Mike from Gun Owners Action League, the Massachusetts-based advocacy organization here that is doing wonderful work and trying to keep tyranny at bay. Mike, how are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me on, Toby. Yeah. This is awesome. Really happy to have you on again. Yeah. And uh, you're also a host of your Gun Owners Action League's podcast, right? I'm not a host, but I'm a, I'm a pretty frequent guest. It's uh, it's Garrett and Jeff who run it, but okay. yeah, I'm, I'm on there sometimes. <laughs> frequent flyer uh, once in a yeah. while. All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell everyone what it is you do for Gun Owners Action League and your kind of your past and your history and what it is that sure. got you started in that? Because you got a pretty interesting uh, bio when it comes to what what the gravitas that you bring to the table. Well, I uh, so I'm the director of public policy for Goal. I uh, let me see for the last like twelve or so years, I worked up in the state house for uh, a bunch of different uh, state reps. Uh oh, we lost him again. He froze on us. All right, we'll try and get Mike back on the line here. And uh, he, we had this problem before the before we got him here. He is. Uh, we lost you there for a sec. So, oh, man. I, don't that keeps, I don't know why that keeps happening. I'm sorry. This yeah. is a, a nice professional it's a, <laughs> network we got going in our well, office. It must be a long way to Western Mass or something. I like guess. That. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm the uh, the director of public policy. I don't know where I cut off, but uh, I, uh, I spent 12 years up on the uh, up on Beacon Hill, working for a bunch of different state reps and senators, and then I worked for uh, Governor Baker. Uh, doing legislative affairs over at TCR, and then I decided I uh, didn't want to work for the government anymore, and I it was much more fun to be uh, on this side of the table. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I joined Goal and uh, gave Jim a call, and this is uh, the last two years have been the uh, most fun I've ever had in a job in my life. <laughs> right, 
Awesome. Well, and doing something that makes a difference, right? Exactly. Getting up in the morning every day and coming to work is uh, pretty awesome. Right. I I dig it. Yeah. It's been pretty great. And uh, unlike some other organizations, Gun Owners Action League is a very felt organization. You guys run lean and mean. There's only a few. How many employees total? Ah, shoot. Froze up again. Yeah, we're up. There he is. Uh, we only got four, so it's uh, me. So it's me. Uh, Jim Wallace is our uh, executive director, and then uh, John Green mm-hmm. is our uh, director of education and training, and then uh, Angie is our uh, chief of staff. And John's actually going to be down your way this weekend. Yes, we're really excited to have yeah. John Green down for a legal seminar, and um, he's been doing this for forever, forever, and. For some strange reason, we've never had him here to do it, and I—that's on me. I feel bad about that. And wow. uh, he's been all over Cape Cod, even doing this. And I'm like, how have I never asked, asked John to come do this? But that's okay. Never fear; it's getting done. Better late than never. And yeah. um, John is one of those guys that I call frequently whenever I'm jammed up in a situation where I need to pull a law out of my you-know-what. and Oh, yeah, he's good for that. And he's always like, oh, yeah, Section 128, you know, <laughs> subsection D, paragraph B, you know, it says in the three-quarters of the way down, it's and he can recite it yeah. verbatim. So he's I, a, I have, I have uh, I've only known one other person with the recall ability he has. He is like a walking encyclopedia. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And any, any question you have, he's the guy. He's a, <laughs> literally a, a, an encyclopedia. Yeah, and shoot, we should have got creative for this class and had people be able to tune in remotely and like done, yeah. it, done it over Zoom for those that are out of state, if they cared. But maybe we'll do that in the future. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. yeah, something like that. But it's kind of an interesting take because um, I've had – a former SWAT team member do a legal seminar mm-hmm. and I've had lawyers do legal seminars and this is gun owners action league doing a legal seminar by someone I do consider a legal expert, even though he's not mm-hmm. a lawyer. And yep. um, the funny thing is you can arrive at different conclusions based on who you ask. Um, and it's funny. Right. But, and the funniest part of the situation is, the lawyer is the one that's the most upset that a, a SWAT team guy and a gun owner's action league guy are given legal advice, you know, and it's not necessarily legal advice. It's just yeah. matter of fact, stating the law. Yeah. Um, have you been through that class? I have. Yeah. Uh, it's actually, it's pretty awesome. I mean, I, I so I, I, full disclosure, I went to law school, but I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> I never, I haven't taken the bar, the bar exam because it wasn't really part of my plan. I wanted to do this yeah. with, uh, with my law degree. I wanted to do this kind of advocacy stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, John, he, he's, he's better than I am at this stuff. Mm. He's, he's, he's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> well, but no, I mean, it's great. I mean, who's to say if, uh, everything he teaches in the class is going to be the law still in a couple mm. of weeks, depending on what we see out of this gun law listening tour in the legislature. Right. But uh, no, it's a brilliant class. He's, he's awesome. He's a great teacher. He's super uh, charismatic and he's gets everything across in a really good way. Yeah. You know what else I think is interesting is the law mm. is very confusing and let's put it that way. It's yep. the, there's, lawyers for a reason 
And I think it was said best to me by a lawyer who said, if it weren't for lawyers, we wouldn't need lawyers. And <laughs> That's true. And yeah, I think it, it's tr- 100% true. However, I also think that it's kind of a sad state of affairs that, you know, and that's the legislature's job, right, is to mm-hmm. write law. But what ends up happening is it creates an organism that is self-consuming and uh, self-fulfilling. And, right. and you just can't get away from where this ends up. And it ends up as a bloated organism that controls yeah. every aspect of your life. And, and I think part of, part of, um, part of the, I don't know if I want to call it a sickness in Massachusetts that, that leads to that is we have a full-time legislature here. So they're in session, you know, 200 days a year or so, Mm. um, you know, every two years. And, uh, they, if they're not seen to be doing something, what are we spending our money on? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, what are they taking our money and spending it on? But, uh, you know, so they, they kind of have to justify their jobs by filing legislation over and over again and, and doing all the stuff that probably doesn't need to be done. I mean, there's a, there's a whole bunch of States like Kansas, New Hampshire, uh, that, that have part-time legislatures that, you know, come in, do their work, go home. Mm. But here we have professional politicians that, you know, spend their entire careers. I mean, we have two or three guys up there that have been there for almost 40 years at this point. Crazy. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> kind of, like you said, it's a self-fulfilling loaded prophecy. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, there's no end in sight. They just have to, they can't, they, they have to justify their existence in that spot. Like you said, and, uh, right. It, it just becomes, I say that the end result of it is, and, and I wish we could just skip to the end and show everybody how ridiculous it is, but basically say, all right, everybody has to live in a padded room eat applesauce with a spork or a spoon. Spork might even be too dangerous. And <laughs> and that's it. That's where we're going to live. Yeah. We're, you know, it's that way we can never offend anyone. We can never hurt anyone. We can't hurt ourselves. Right. And you get to tell us what we can and can't do. That's the natural end result of, I believe, trying to control every aspect of somebody's life. And I prefer dangerous freedom to... Uh, but- yeah, I was literally just going to say, I mean, that's the the uh, the cure for freedom is government. And that's it, it's it does it on its own without even intending to do it. Right. So, yeah. And our, and our founders acknowledged that the mm-hmm. only way this works is with a moral and religious people. So people, yeah. people who are willing to uh, be kind and, you know, treat others how they want to be treated. If you don't do that, then yeah, this might not work. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, and, and I mean, even, even short of religion, just a shared set of morality and values. I mean, that's, right. that's, I mean, we see that in, in pretty cold starkness in the industry that we work in. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty on the nose with everything we're doing because they're, they come directly at us right. without even pretending that they're doing something else, (laughs) you know? So you mentioned this listening tour that Massachusetts has been doing. Uh, Representative Day has been tasked by the speaker to Mm -hmm. assemble this listening tour, and they've gone throughout the Commonwealth, 
pretty much to every corner of it, if you will, and said, mm-hmm. hey, uh, we want to hear from the people. Do you want more gun control? Do you want less gun control? How does it impact you? How does it impact, you know, your life? And and um, I found it interesting that the the one that I was a part of in Greenfield, mm-hmm. and thanks to you guys for throwing my name out there, yeah. uh, was probably one of the lowest attended in the most rural areas, probably. You know, it, it was slated to reach the fewest amount of people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. That and the Lennox one from last night, which is, yeah. or yesterday afternoon, I should say. <sighs> so I've I've unfortunately only been able to attend one. And so mm-hmm. have you been at most of them? I've been at, I think I only missed three. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so I went to almost all of them. Um, and I mean, they were... They're about as well attended as anything these days. That's yeah. been so since I joined Goal, I, I, I started here in uh, twenty twenty one. Um, since I started here, the kind of the Achilles heel of of everything has been getting people to show up to events uh, and do anything. I mean, lobby days, right. events, shooting events, and stuff like that. It's it's just hard to get people to to go to stuff. Right. So you know, I think that's just kind of a a symptom of it. And I mean, to be fair, I mean, the, the, the red shirts weren't really in massive attendance either. Mm. I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty even, uh, all the way through it. It seemed like uh, we had a pretty good. Yeah. I would agree that our representative side of things too. It was pretty great. Yeah. I would agree that, um, our attendance probably eclipsed even the, the red shirt attendance or those at a few. Yeah. At a few, certainly at the one mm-hmm. I was at, it was probably yeah. four or five to one. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, one of the things that came out and I think to your point about how it's hard to get people to support a rally is mm-hmm. the relatively small percentage of people in Massachusetts that are gun owners. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think it's less than 10%. Yeah, but that's that's not insignificant, you know. <laughs> well, once you think about, say, ten percent of the, let's even round up. If mm-hmm. it if it is ten percent, which I I don't think it is, because there's roughly seven million people in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. and I think there's about six hundred thousand right. gun owners. Is that about right. what you hear or hear? Yeah, about that. Yeah. So um, there's two things to that point. One is out of the six hundred thousand, how many of them are in 2A advocacy, probably right. 6,000, right? I mean, if you boil it right down to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have we have about 20,000 members around there, give or take. And uh, I mean, not even all of those are super active on our side. But, you right. know, there's, there's some people who aren't really big fans of ours either who do activism on their own mm. yeah. terms too. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, the the... What I've learned from, you know, being kind of embedded in this culture is people who are into shooting are really into this stuff and, and they're they're pretty vociferous in their support of things when you get when you really ask them about it and you get into it. So you can you can kind of you can kind of rally people to, to start, you know, at least trying to convince other people yeah. <laughs> of their ideas. But yeah, I mean it is it is tough. It, I mean, but I, I think we're seeing that across the board since the whole COVID fiasco. 
Yeah. I think we're seeing that everywhere with everything, not just on our stuff. Yeah. And I would say that our, we're, st- we used to, before COVID, we had one, maybe two licensed to carry classes a week mm-hmm. at the height of the COVID pandemic, you know, whatever you want to call it, debacle that we were in. Um, we had eight and hmm. now we've tapered off to probably four. Which is still, you know, yeah. a net gain. Yeah, it's a net yeah. gain of people who are still coming each and every week to come get their license to carry. And unfortunately, and believe me, you know, a lot of people are like, will you shut up? You make money off this. And I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, I, I really not. don't care that I would gladly lose the revenue from my license to carry yeah. class and pour all our effort into legal seminars and uh, yeah. and uh, how to shoot my gun class, which is, mm-hmm. in my mind, a whole lot better than the basic pistol class that's required yeah. by the state. So, you know, I'd much rather make you a better and more responsible gun owner by making you proficient and efficient in your ability to right. operate your firearm. Yeah, and, and my goal is to put goal out of business. <laughs> yeah. I want to make us unnecessary. It would be the best. Yes. That, that might be a weird soundbite, but you know. <laughs> no, it's it's true. Actually, I had a friend who's kind of a gun guy. I mean, he owns a couple guns, but he's not mm-hmm. like passionate gun guy, right? Yeah. He's just recreational shooter. He might shoot once every three years. He'll mm-hmm. say like, oh, maybe I'll bring some friends and we'll go to the range and shoot. So sure. he's very, very um, low key on it. Uh, but when... Donald Trump was running against uh, Hillary Clinton, and I was, you know, petrified of the damage that a Clinton administration could possibly do. Yeah. He calls me one day and goes, dude, shut your mouth. You know that Hillary Clinton is going to be way better for business than Donald Trump will be. And little did I know how prophetic that really was. But um, (laughs) I said, yeah, I know. He goes, you're a much more principled man than I am. I would want Hillary to be elected tomorrow so I could make some money. And I'm like, dude, it isn't about that for me. It's more about, you know, freedom and rights and, and you know, yeah. being able to pass this tradition on to my kids and their kids. And exactly. So, yeah. I mean, but on the other hand, I, I have a friend of mine who's a stand-up comic, and he's he's a, a super left-wing guy, but he voted for Trump twice because he's like, oh, it's great for my material. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I I know we could go down Cynical. a rabbit trail on that, but uh, it's all the poor major news networks that don't have Trump to run the, as the oh, headline. I know. Every, poor C- poor yeah. CNN. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're hurting for, for sure. But um, so – Get getting back to the talking tour or listening sure. tour. I guess it was more of a talking than listening. I guess they tried to split it up pretty evenly. First yeah. hour was talk, and second hour was listen. Um, what what do you think the net result of this is? Is like especially when they had us me come speak in Greenfield. It was what is the impact of state law on your business? Mm-hmm. And pff, man, we didn't have enough time to go through that. But right, um, but. The bottom line is I'm not going to hold my breath that there'll be significant change as to, you know, the state house or the legislature actually doing something right. to make our job easier. Uh, yeah. But what do you think so, the net result of this whole listening tour is going to be? So uh, I'm, I'm kind of 
Mm. I'm I'm kind of focused on damage mitigation. So I, I I do have to give credit where credit is due to to Representative Day. They mm-hmm. they they were they've been in contact with us through the entire process. We've had a seat at the table. They've asked us for a list of things that we want to see in the bill. Um, you know, every email I've gotten that has given us a time and a date for things that are happening. Mom's demand and like Giffords and all those they've been cc'd on the same email. And I've I've only ever heard him, you know. I don't I don't know what happens when I'm not not around. But even at the events and stuff, you know, everybody schmoozes at the end. Even when he's talking to people on the other side of of the issue from us, he's tell, I'm hearing him say the same things to them. So, uh, you know, he, he's not he's not one of our guys. We knew that from the beginning at the outset. But I I think they've been as fair as possible through this whole thing for whatever that's worth. Uh, to us, at least. Um, I mean, we have no idea what this thing is going to look like mm-hmm. when it comes up. Um, but like I said, I mean, I'm kind of focused on damage mitigation at this point. Um, I know we're going to see a simplification of certain aspects of the law. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've been saying this from the beginning. I mean, this has been uh, the most complicated set of laws I've ever seen because there's no plan. It's kind of it's a, it's a mishmash of you know crisscrossed band aids across the last like five or six decades. Right. You know, a problem pops up and they propose some solution, and you know, we're losing you there again. Um, we might actually just go on the break at the bottom of the hour. We'll just go straight audio. Right. That's probably the best bet. Um, but let's let's do that. We'll try to reset this. We'll get Mike Harris back on the line, and uh, we'll continue this fascinating conversation about what the state's going to do to your right to keep and bear arms. Uh, but we're here with Mike Harris from Gun Owners Action League on Rapid Fire, your two-way talk show that you can call into or text your questions to 508-444-2120. And we will be right back after this. You're listening to Rapid Fire. Carrying a firearm for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. You work too hard to leave shots like these to chance. Now you never have to compromise performance again. 
federal premium heavy bismuth. Hits ducks and upland birds with 9.6 gram per cubic centimeter pellets sourced from heavy shot. 22% denser than steel. More energy downrange. Launched by the Flight Control Flex Wad, heavy bismuth patterns consistently and is safe in all shotguns. Loaded in the USA by Federal Ammunition. And welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, Guns, Freedom, Second Amendment, and Self-Defense. And we're here talking with Mike Harris from Gun Owners Action League on Rapid Fire, the 2A talk show that you can call into or send us a text. If you have a question for Mike, it's 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. And uh, we got Mike back on the line, right, Mike? Yeah, I'm here. I don't know what's going on. I'm at the office still, and it's just, it's been working great all day, and then all of a sudden, as soon as it, as soon as it counts, it cut out. (laughs) It's all right. Uh, It always happens. And what's funny is your connection was actually probably one of the clearest connections we've had in a long time, so. Great. Go figure. (laughs) You know, it's probably using too much bandwidth or something. There you go. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, um, so before the break, we were talking about what what you think the net result is from all of these, the listening tour, And, and you referenced the law. So are you meaning, mm-hmm. is this a very specific thing that they're looking at or is it very broad? Uh, so they're going pretty broad. So their his charge was uh, from the speaker, um, from what I understand, is a top-down, quote-unquote, review of the state's gun laws. And the the gun laws in the state of Massachusetts are, it's probably the most complicated set of laws I've ever seen. Mm. It's a, you know, it's like a patchwork of band-aids just fixing issue after issue over the last like six, five to six decades um, where, you know, something would pop up, they would need to propose some solution for it, quote unquote, and then, uh, you know, pass a law that, you know, possibly, and most likely contradicts with an already existing law. So people are like, oh, yeah, you know, it's it. Uh, people have said to me, it's it's a very it's designed to be complicated. And I said, no, I don't think it's designed at all. Mm. It's just a bunch of reactions to different situations. So I'm kind of optimistic we'll see a uh, reduction in confusion, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess, you know, just even just talking about you know, specifically just storage and transport laws those are that's one of the weirdest little areas of law that exists and we're hoping to we've given them some ideas on how to clarify that and stuff too so yeah you know i took um a few years ago i took chief ron glidden's mm-hmm. you know disposition of the mask on laws you know and it was yeah. uh basically i think it was 95 percent of the room was law enforcement mm-hmm. but he wrote that book the uh, guide to yeah, I have it in my hand right here. Yeah. So it's like, I, I don't know. Law enforcement about, guide to firearms law. Yeah. It's, and it's probably an inch thick or something like that. Right? Oh yeah. It's like, it's 428 pages or so. Right. <laughs> and so this is basically his commentary on the, on the mass gun law mm-hmm. from a police perspective on how to enforce right. this law. So, that has kind of become the Bible or the SOP for just about every police department, if not all police departments in Massachusetts. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even the states, I think, take that yeah. class. Yeah, and so this probably gets some continuing education credits and everything else. Mm-hmm. And uh, but one of the things that happened when I was in the class, and I spoke about this once before 
on this show, but um, was when we got to the part where, and you know, the reason I'm saying all this is to kind of tee up what you just mentioned about storage and transportation. But um, there's the the one section where it talks about uh, firearms at schools, and mm-hmm. uh, basically he he gave the um, you know he basically said you know we all know how to treat any firearm found on school property it's an immediate arrest and you're you know going to jail don't collect two hundred dollars don't pass mm-hmm. go um, and and then I, I raised my hand and said but wait a minute wait 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 doesn't it say carried on your person in yep. the in the state law and it was like I farted in church I mean <laughs> every head in the room swung around to see who the hell would dare to ask this question the audacity yeah it's who, a gun-free zone toby who you know <laughs> who would dare uh you know and so but that's what the law says but they it treat does. it how he said it you know we mm-hmm. all know what happens if there's a gun on the school property immediate arrest yeah and and if you have written permission from the school administrator mm-hmm. you can carry a gun on your person in school Right. You better make sure that letter's in your pocket. <laughs> right. Definitely. Yes, exactly. Uh, and it has to be obviously by the person who's in charge of the school. But yeah, um, yeah you're right about that. And I've, I have been granted that uh, mm-hmm. permission before in, in various private schools. But um, interestingly enough, uh, the, I think that it was a wake up call to a lot of the people there that just take whatever some, they're told as how to enforce law instead of right. read into it themselves and say, hey, but the law says, you know, and I'm sure that the court has even upheld it, mm-hmm. uh, even though it says specifically and explicitly on your person. Yep. Yeah, I mean, if you if you have your gun unloaded and locked in a case before you get onto school property, you can have it in your car too, as long as it's locked away and unloaded. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's not as clear cut as people think it is. <laughs> right. So And that's just and that's just a small example of, of the the confusion mm. in gun law in Massachusetts. One of the one of the things that I don't think Second Amendment lawyers have done really well at in this state is using that confusion and ambiguity to the defendant's favor. Uh, mm-hmm. because there is the premise certainly even in, in federal law the rule of lenity and everything else, and when in doubt, throw it out. Like you can't, yep. if it's ambiguous, by, uh, you, you know, the law, if the law is written as ambiguous, you have to give deference to the plaint, uh, to the defendant. Exactly. Yep. You have to. Yep. And I know lots of people that have not been given that type of deference, and I don't know if it's because of their lawyer or because of the court or what, but. Uh, I think it's, it's a lot of times it's political. Yeah. I mean, if you get a, oh man, this is going to sound facetious, but if you, uh, if you get caught with a gun illegally in Massachusetts, you better have uh, drugs in your other pocket <laughs> right? because uh, you can plead that out pretty easily. Yeah. That's part, and that's part of our frustration, you know. Um, we're seeing gun crimes and all these other things that people are, are are crying out to see prosecuted just pled down in favor of of other types of charges and that's kind of you know frustrating our point and the uh the point of law enforcement as well i mean it's it's right if if you're going to enforce these if if you're going to try and go after the criminals 
let's actually charge them and make sure that something sticks. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. And so the, the other thing that's very frustrating is like you said, there's, you know, not a good enforcement of the laws as violent felons commit, mm-hmm. commit crime. Uh, but if they don't have a gun, it seems like they, uh, or even if they do, I guess, it seems like they always plead it out to a different yeah. charge and get, you know, this revolving door justice system, which is unfair to society. It's unfair to police officers. It's unfair mm-hmm. to, um, you know, families and the people that are trying to do things by the book and and stay within the lines, so to speak. Um, but wh- what else it, it frustrates is um, you get, and one of the things this representative day said at the beginning of the Greenfield event I was at was thanks to the Massachusetts strict gun control laws, we have one of the lowest uh, murder rates in the country. And the the irony to what he said is um, then the part that he didn't bring up is the fact that we have three states to our north that are constitutional carry states that have a Mm -hmm. lower violent crime rate than Massachusetts, which is the most violent in New England, even with all our gun control. Yeah. I mean, even more violent than than Hartford, and that place has kind of had its own issues recently, too. So, yeah, I mean, it's and and we've asked about that, and they there's no they don't have an answer. Yeah, (laughs) we say why? Well, why are why are Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont different? What what's the deal? Yeah, same. They're New Englanders, right? It's Mm -hmm. not like you're comparing um, another section of the planet. You know, it's not like we're Japan and, you know, we're comparing ourselves to Belize. It's, 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 uh, New England and regionally we're the most violent in the, in the region. Yeah. And we have the most stringent gun control rights. uh, They talk, they talk just as funny as we do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Vermont was the first constitutional carry state. They never had a licensing scheme in the history of their states yeah <laughs> ever so you know what's up with that i know and uh when i first got my license in 93 mm-hmm. uh, they i remember talking to people about them like they're they don't even have licenses in new Ham- in vermont <laughs> and they didn't even have any gun laws per se yeah uh, now they have other stuff of, yeah. now that they've got very political about it and their mm-hmm. their solution in turn in search of a problem in that state and banned high capacity magazines oh, and yeah. assault. It's like, give me a break. You guys don't even have an issue. Yeah. You know, it's, it used to be just a bunch of hippies afraid of bears. Right. Right. <laughs> and for a long time, they were actually very supportive of gun rights in general mm-hmm. because they knew 80% of the population hunted and owned guns. Yeah. But as of the last 10 years, they've, they've had one major move towards freedom by mm-hmm. by allowing suppressors. That was for a long time their only like gun law in the book. You couldn't own a suppressor. Yeah. Now you can. But they've also coupled that with some horrible laws that have gone through. So Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully they, at, go ahead. that's actually one of the things I'm uh I'm hoping to maybe not get out of this process but i'm hoping to have them take a realistic look at yeah um i've sat with uh, i've i've had a 
long conversation with uh, with Rep Day's chief of staff about suppressors yeah. and how it's ridiculous that they're even NFA items at all. Right. Uh, you know, he didn't even realize that there was a, a process there that you would have to go through with the feds to get him. He's like, oh, well, if somebody just goes and gets it, like, how do you how do you enforce that? I'm like, you can't just go get one, <laughs> even in states where they're legal. You have to, you know, put them on ATF, lay away and do all that fun stuff. But, um, you know, it's it's for too long. It's been lawmaking by, you know, watching James Bond movies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, anybody who's ever watched a, a video or fired a, a gun with a suppressor on it knows that you're not. It's it's not John Wick and Common walking through the train station shooting at each other without anybody noticing. Right. Oh yeah. And yeah. there was a time I think it was before Sandy Hook, if I'm not mistaken, um, or might have been Parkland. I yep. can't remember, but where right they before. would yeah, where they would have like a day. Uh, representative range day where they would bring reps out to a range and let them shoot oh, yeah. the suppressors. And We're working on one of those in uh, in the fall, hopefully. Yeah, that would be great. Because yeah. uh, and if you want to host it at Cape Gunworks, I'd be happy to host. Uh, <laughs> so um, awesome. Yeah the uh, the bottom line is I had uh, grandmothers against gun violence who mm-hmm. used to stand out at the rotary with their signs right. uh, about how guns evil and stuff. And then got to know the founders of it a little bit and realized the founders aren't such bad people and really didn't know what the heck they were doing. They just felt they had to do something. And sure. so uh, once we were able to, you know, meet, meet and have some common ground, uh, they came to one of our classes and then they wanted to see us shoot some guns and I offered to let them shoot and they wouldn't touch it with a 10 foot pole. But uh, and then they had us speak at their organization and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it was it was pretty interesting. But um, the bottom line is that they were very curious about suppressors when that Hearing Protection Act bill was about to happen. Right. And so I said, come on down. Like, and I set up an <laughs> AR with a suppressor and uh, silencer or whatever you want to call it. And uh, I said, here, put this ear protection on and they're like really i'm like yes really yeah. <laughs> you're not gonna be <laughs> exactly. happy if i shoot this gun and you don't have the air pro on and they're like really i'm like yep and get ready and i shot and they almost jumped out of their shoes yeah. and i said listen this thing all it does is make it hearing safe so that you don't blow your eardrums out and in some yeah. cases it's not even hearing safe in most cases it's not really right. hearing safe i mean i I guess like, you know, your pistol calibers and 22s, I guess. But yeah. I mean, if you fire that thing enough times, you're you're, you're going to do some damage without your pro on. Right. So, and I mean. It basically is reducing the decibels by about 28 dB, yeah. you know. That's yep. about like putting on a set of headphones, you know, headset. Mm-hmm. But if you're shooting indoors in a booth, it's probably still going to hurt. So, yeah. It's the difference between uh, standing next to a jackhammer and standing behind a glass four feet away from a jackhammer. Yeah, well, that's a good <laughs> good way of looking at it. Yeah, I would agree. Um, so, you know, hopefully we'll see some movement on that front. But yeah. uh, do you think anything else is on the table as far as being in that bill? Or so, so that's that's kind of so. Here's here's where we get into the uh, the unhappy things. Um, my biggest concern through all of this, I mean, 
I, I said this on the Gold Podcast the other day when I was talking to Garrett and Jeff too. Um, we already have a licensing scheme. We already have an assault weapons ban. We already have mag limits. We already have a pistol roster. They can't really do any more to us on those fronts. That's that those those games have already been played. We're we're working on on challenging those in court. That's that's going to be a later conversation. Um, the the two big things I'm worried about for the most part are, or actually I guess there's three, two and a half things, um, is uh, the ghost gun legislation. You know that that scary new political word that they made up um, to talk about. You know something that's been legal to do since before we even before anybody even came to this country is make your own gun at your house for your own personal use. Um, and, uh, you know, that's going to take away the, I think they're going to change the frame and receiver, uh, law, uh, you know, so that means no more new Glocks for anybody. Huh. Um, and, uh, there's also going to, and I'm also worried about the sensitive places issue. Um, I'm really pushing hard to not include an expansion of the sensitive places list because to me that's the scariest thing. If they if they open up that door, they can just keep opening it up wider and wider. Right. Um, and then uh, we're probably going. I think one of the things that we're but there's no guarantee we're going to see that. Um, but I think what we're guaranteed to see in this is a um, stricter licensing standards as far as what you're going to have to do for classes. We might see live fire, which is not awesome. Right. Uh, We're really pushing against that. Um, But what we've said was, I mean, if they do stricter licensing standards like live fire and things like that, and then expand the list of sensitive places, there's nothing left to talk about. Right. That that's it. We're we'll see in court. Yeah. Because yeah. that's that's the game. I mean, that's you're going to increase. You're going to make us take. You're going to make us have a license in the first place, and then increase the requirements to get that license, and then take away all the places where the license applies. Like, what's right. the deal with that? That there's not there. We're nowhere at that point. So uh, we're really pushing that point. Um, but those are kind of the the three big areas that I'm worried about more than anything else. Sure. Um, yeah. What I mean, about there's, there's um, obviously other stuff, but you know those are the three big ones to yeah. me. I I think you're right in line on that. That certainly seems to be the chatter that um, mm-hmm. you know would make gun grabbers tap dance in the street. Um, right. But the the thing that um, I see, and I don't know if you feel the same way, and that is that I think all licensing schemes are on notice in light of new Serpa verse Bruin, uh, mm-hmm. because how can you point to the text history and tradition of, uh, at the time of the second amendment's ratification for licensing. Mm-hmm. And, and part of me really gets upset at the three major, uh, court cases that have supported the individual's right to keep and bear arms. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, McDonald, um, Heller. Heller, and Bruin now, in that they don't, they all kind of say, like, oh, licensing is a thing, but it's mm-hmm. not a thing under our Constitution. Right. It's really not. I, I agree. I mean, it, it, it would, it's, you know, we talk about a poll tax all the time, and 
people call us hyperbolic, but it's really the same thing. I mean, yeah. a right delayed is a right denied. Absolutely. I mean, just just the mere fact that we have to renew our license every so often is is infuriating. I mean, that at least if you're going to have a licensing scheme, it should be if we're going to make sure people have to do what they have to do to get it, at least make it lifetime. You know, just incrementalism but you know you're absolutely right we we're in over here at goal that's our position as well i mean licensing schemes are not constitutional yeah i mean we're gonna go to war with the army we have at this point and try to get what we can but that's that's our overarching uh overarching premise we're right with you yeah i had a buddy who lived in massachusetts his whole life and he ended up moving to philadelphia and Mm -hmm. um they require a license in city limits or something like that in order to carry concealed. And so he went down to the local town hall and the girl behind the desk was like, yeah, okay, it's 30 bucks. And he's like, Oh, I pay you now. And she's like, yep. And so he pays her. And, uh, then she's like, he's like, all right, so when will I hear? And she's like, hear what? And he's like, hear back about my license. And she's like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to go print it right now. And he's like, what? <laughs> And she's like, yeah, I'll be right back. Stand, stay put. And so she goes in the back room five minutes, 10 minutes later, comes out with his freshly minted license. And here you go. And he's like, no, wait a minute. I'm from Massachusetts. Like that doesn't happen. Like what, the, what just happened? Right. And uh, he couldn't believe it. He got a license issued on the spot oh, for 30 bucks. And it's, you know, it's a cash grab. Yeah. It's a, nice, it's a nice constitutional right you have there. Right. It'd be a shame if something happened to it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so this is kind of along the lines of what you're you're saying and suggesting that if it was something like that, where like, okay, we're going to go run your name, no active mm-hmm. warrants, you're not a prohibited person. Right. Let me print your license, and it 30 bucks covers my time to print the license, and it's the actual cost of the license. And, you know, here you go. And We'll never see you again unless you screw up and exactly and, and get viol- you know violate this. Yeah, I think they'd get some buy-in from gun owners that may or may not, uh, you know, may subscribe to that. I mean, for me, it's like, what's the point? Like you said, it's, it's a, a cash it's grab. A cash grab. It's a tax on my constitutional res- right, mm-hmm. and the fact that you can't require this license at the poll, like you <sighs> pointed out, right, um, is even more infuriating. But yeah. uh, <laughs> so. Anyway, it's still being treated as a second-class right. Right, exactly. I mean, it's exactly. You're, you're, that's. I mean, that Justice Thomas hit it on the nose when he said that. It's that's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah, and so until my Second Amendment right is being treated mm-hmm. like all the other ones. Yeah, I mean, your your presumption is in this country is supposed to be. Innocence. Right. I mean, that's that's why we have a reactive legal system, because you can't have a proactive legal system and still maintain a free society. And that includes this type of penalization that happens before you even break the law, if you even intend to do so, you know? Right. Yeah. It's that gets into minority report stuff. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, which. <laughs> I'm sure they'd love to get there, but believe yeah. me, it would uh, make tyrants very, very happy. <laughs> um, but the way I see it is, and the most infuriating thing to me is, as I've said a couple times today even, is it's the one constitutionally protected enumerated right that ends with shall not be infringed. 
mm-hmm. and it's the one that gets infringed upon more than more any than anything. any other right. Um, we we read an article in the first hour about um, this how uh, you can't have like uh, majority opinion make your right go away. Like it right. doesn't matter. It wouldn't matter if like 90% of the people in your state wanted to say that, you know, there's no more free speech. Like mm-hmm. that doesn't matter what 90% of the people say. It's right. there. It's an enumerated constitutionally protected right. And majority opinion doesn't matter. Democracy doesn't factor in right. to your rights. We're not a democracy. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's another whole debate that people yeah. love to get on. You hear it talked about on the news every single night, like a threat to our democracy. You yeah. know, it's everything these days is a threat to our democracy. It's all about the language you use. Yeah. That's what it always is. Yeah. But you're right. There, we're not. And no. our founders never intended it. And they were smart enough to know that democracies don't work. Yeah. I mean, there's, I can think of three places off the top of my head in the text of the, in the original text of the constitution that remove direct voting rights from the the body politic. (laughs) We're not allowed. We're not allowed. We don't elect Supreme court judges directly. Uh, We don't elect the president directly. And originally senators were chosen by the state legislatures Mm. and sent to Congress and held accountable by the state legislatures. So, you know, those are three places where the vote was taken from not even taken, just not granted to the people in the, in this system that they created. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's something that I'm really anxious to see happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is all these other Supreme court decisions that have not been tried in light of the second amendment. Like up until I think a couple weeks ago, when one of the, uh, preliminary injunctions against the pistol brace rule, Mm-hmm. I don't think that Murdoch v. Pennsylvania had been used in a Second Amendment context mm-hmm. uh, yet. Uh, and basically, that's the, it was 1943, and it was the one that says, it was a Supreme Court ruling that said, um, you cannot charge a fee, sell a license, right. or, or get a permit for a constitution, yeah, for a constitutionally protected uh, right. Right. So a federally protected uh, right. So right. I'm like, oh, there's the licensing scheme out the window right there. Well, and, and plus, I think um, I, I have to be honest. I think that's that might be what. So a lot of times it, through law school, uh, that case was used to defend free speech issues and First Amendment issues. And has not been, I don't think it's really been allowed to be used for other constitutionally protected rights, but I think that's what justice Thomas was driving at was might be Murdoch v. Pennsylvania specifically. It's what, that's what popped in my head Mm -hmm. when I first read the phrase, not a second class, right? Mm -hmm. I think Murdoch v. Pennsylvania was what he had in mind when he said that. I mean, that could be all wet, but that's what popped in my head. Well, it was definitely a first amendment case. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had, Jason Guida on the show, and I asked him about this. I said, how come no one cites Murdoch v. Pennsylvania in a Second Amendment context? And he said, because it's in a different vein, it's in a different lane. And I said, but wait a minute, listen to what they said. 
this is a quote from the uh, from the majority opinion. A state mm-hmm. may not impose a charge for the enjoyment of a right granted by the federal constitution. A person cannot be compelled to purchase through a license fee or a license tax the privilege freely granted by the Constitution. That that's that's frustrating language too because the Constitution doesn't grant anybody rights. I would text. agree with that, but yeah. it says uh, it, it does say uh, yeah. the enjoyment of a right granted. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It it is not granted by the Constitution. I I agree with that. It should say acknowledged in the Constitution, but. Um, but even still, it, it, I don't care if this is applying to a First Amendment. It's saying mm-hmm. a the enjoyment of a right granted by the federal constitution, right? It, so th- that doesn't say the First Amendment, right? Like they let's fast forward to the Fifth Amendment or the Fourth Amendment. Does that mean that your local town can charge a fee? And sell you a license to make sure that the police don't come into your house and illegally search and seize your your goods right. without a warrant. Uh, uh, that's racketeering. Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> Protection money. That's yeah, funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but if you're going to say that this this uh, case doesn't protect other rights other than the First Amendment, well, then shoot, anything's on the table, mm-hmm. and let's charge a right to vote. Uh, charge a fee for a license to vote, like you said earlier, the poll tax, right? Yeah, it, I mean, that was already struck down, but yeah, right, I know. Right, I agree. And the point is, and then there was also um, the West Virginia State Board of Education, B. Barnett, which says uh, the very purpose of a Bill of Rights was to withdraw certain subjects from the vicissitudes of political controversy to place them beyond the reach of majorities and officials <laughs> and to establish them as legal principles to be applied by the courts. One's right to life, liberty, and property, to free speech, mm. to free spe- uh, press, freedom of worship and assembly, and to other fundamental rights may not be sub- submitted to vote. They depend on the outcome of no elections. Right. Yeah. I mean... So how does the legislature? Yeah, how does the legislature get into office, swear to uphold the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and then walk into the chamber and then proceed to violate your rights by their vote? It's it's not constitutional. Yeah, it's, well, it's all about ideology. I mean, yeah. they can pretty much do whatever they want until it's challenged. That's that's the that's the other side of the coin of having a reactive. Uh, yeah. Uh, reactive legal system is when you when you want to challenge something, you have to wait until it's already been enacted to challenge it because you have to have actual damages. Right. Yeah. They so. say you don't have standing. Right. Yeah. You have to yeah. have standing. Right. Yeah. And then Miranda v. Arizona. Everyone knows Miranda because mm-hmm. of the you know read you your rights. Miranda rights. Yeah. yeah. But that that case, fifth and sixth. Yeah. And that case uh-huh. said um, these are the arms secured by Article Seventeen that the people have a right to keep and bear. And these mm-hmm. rights have never been legislated or even submitted to a vote. Where rights secured by the Constitution are involved, there can be no rulemaking or legislation to which would abrogate them. So make sure you told FDR that. Yeah, 1966, <laughs> Miranda v. Arizona. And yeah. so I think those are three landmark cases that didn't apply to the Second Amendment per se in their, in their uh, you know, uh, initial um, 
purpose of the of the sure. case, but I believe that they apply to all the rights that we are, uh, you know, have enumerated. And uh, well, I mean, like we said, I mean, I think I I think that's kind of what Thomas was driving at when he said not a second class right because right. I mean the fact that we've allowed the state legislatures and Congress to treat the second amendment differently than the rest of our fundamental rights is, is kind of emblematic. Mm. Well I mean, said. Well, with that, I want to give you the last word here, uh, Mike, how do people find goal? How do they become a member and all that good stuff? Sure. So it's uh, it's 30 bucks for the year for an individual member. Uh, it's a uh, goal.org. We'd love it. If you joined, you can uh, call up anytime and get John Green's masterful advice. You can, check in with me on legislative issues and uh we send out a uh we send out a newsletter every friday on email and kind of let everyone know what's going on with the landscape of uh, the two-way in massachusetts awesome man well i appreciate you being on today we'll certainly yeah. do it again and uh i appreciate you Sounds- all right thanks mike and uh thank you guys for listening second hours in the bag and uh hopefully you guys had some great takeaways and we appreciate all the work that gold does for us here in massachusetts and we need to up our game here i said we had six hundred thousand people in this state that are gun owners we need to at least get to 10 percent. let's get another hundred thousand people owning firearms and exercising their right to keep and bear arms but keep up the good fight support your local community be an advocate for responsible gun ownership and together as americans will overcome I'm Toby Leary. We'll see you next time on Rapid Fire. God bless.